Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, new broadcast day, new broadcast week. We are smack dab in the middle of the month of April. March comes in like a lion, out like a lamb. April, I don't remember. Well, April showers, May flowers. And of course, we've got super bloom mania going all over the place. And uh, High Desert is settling back in again after week one of the Coachella uh, Arts Festival, which is just a bunch of electronic disco music uh, this year, apparently, that people are willing to pay hundreds of dollars to go see. Um, And we've got a lot of things to give away today. Of course, it's Movie Monday. And we have a movie that we're going to be talking about in about a half hour or so. Ray Nutt, the CEO of Fathom Events, is going to join me. Ray's become a good friend of the program over the past several years. And there are three faith-based releases coming up in the month of May that Fathom is a part of. One of them involves uh, Tim Mahoney, our good friend who's been doing the Patterns of Evidence movies. He's got more on his discovery of where exactly is Mount Sinai. Um, also, there's another faith-based film called The Way, and this is a great one. I, I hadn't seen this in years. It came out, it was made in 2010. It was released in 2012. Um, Emilio Estevez, you remember him from Breakfast Club and Mighty Ducks and that type of stuff. Uh, Martin Sheen is his dad, the actor, and Martin's a pretty devout Catholic. Um, the Sheen family name is a name that he took because Ramon Estevez didn't really work in the movies when he was coming up in the 1960s. Emilio took the family name because for acting purposes, because he didn't want people to think of his dad being Martin Sheen. His younger brother, Carlos, said, hey, I'm Charlie Sheen, and well, we all know how that goes. But about 15 years ago, Emilio kind of had a bit of an epiphany, if you will, and he really got the urge to travel the Camino de Santiago, which is about an 870-kilometer, 500 miles, give or take, uh, journey from France to uh, the St. James Cathedral in, uh, in Spain. And he made this movie called The Way about a father, played by his dad, Martin Sheen, who uh, takes that trek after his kind of wayward son decides he wants to do it and can't complete the journey. I won't tell you more about it. That's a one-time only Fathom event, event in May, May the 11th, I believe. And then there's another film that's coming out May 1st and 2nd that uh, really, I think it, it it speaks to the the one part of the the story of Jesus that we don't typically spend a lot of time on, and that is the story of Joseph. Joseph, the man who was married to Mary, uh, you know, Mary and Joseph at Christmas time, we think an awful lot about that. But we don't always think that much about, you know, what Joseph's legacy is with regard to the, um, the, the story of Jesus. And it's interesting because there's a movie that's going to be released as a Fathom Events event in the month of May. It's coming at May 1st and 2nd. It's called The Father's Heart, and it's the story of Joseph. And so I encourage you to go to thebottomlineshow.com. Ray and I are going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Roll With It with Shonda Pierce. Uh, Lots of great films coming up in the first part of May. So what we're giving away today is we're giving away three pair of Fathom Events tickets that you can use for A Father's Heart, May 1st and May 2nd. So this is kind of a a fun giveaway because we're not doing the whole, hey, it's Monday and the movie's out tomorrow, you know, type of thing. You got a couple weeks to plan for this one. So 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, I gave you the wrong date for the way. It's 
May 16th for the way. Basically, the inspirational list for Fathom for the month of May is May 1st. And second is A Father's Heart, Story of Joseph. Roll With It is Tuesday, May 9, Thursday, May 11, Saturday, May 13. Journey to Mount Sinai is Monday, May 15th. The Way, starring Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez is in front of the camera too. Uh, that's Tuesday, May 16th. And then Journey to Mount Sinai, part two, is on Wednesday the 17th. So lots of great faith-based projects coming out from Fathom Events this coming up month. And we're going to be giving away three pair of tickets to Fathom Events events. In addition, because today is Movie Monday, we also still have tickets, actually not tickets, but screenings, streamings, if you will, of the Baby Boomer Dilemma to give away, courtesy of Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial Services. So you can call and get in on that action as well, 800-227-5278. And if that weren't enough, <laughs> we also have a great resource for those of you who are in part of congregations that are considering calling a pastor. Dr. Scott Pace is going to join me uh, later in the broadcast to talk about call the calling of the called. So there's a lot going on here. I'm glad you tuned in. I really am. And if that weren't enough, uh, tomorrow is tax day. You might be wondering, wait, okay, now I knew the 15th came at federal tax day. It's typically the same for the states. Why are we talking about Tuesday the 18th? Shouldn't it be Monday the 17th? Well, you're correct. It typically would be, but because the 15th is took place on a Saturday this year, and uh, next year it's going to be on a Monday because of the leap year for 2024, so we're back to normal. Patriot Day happens in D.C. on, um, or is it Patriot's Day? I get them confused. Patriot Day, I believe, is the 9-11 holiday. Patriot's Day is a different one that happens just in the District of Columbia because is a district holiday. Um, they're not, IRS isn't open today anyway. So uh, tomorrow is the day. But just a friendly reminder, if you got one of those middle-class tax refund, those debit cards that were being handed out earlier this uh, last year, I guess it wasn't even first part of this year, anywhere from 200 bucks to I think around a thousand or so. Um, if you have one of those, originally IRS guidelines were telling you to include that as income. And a lot of people went ahead and filed their 2022 taxes indicating that they had received $200, $400, whatever it was. Well, now the IRS has changed direction and they're saying, wait, if you got that, that's not really income. That was a surplus refund. It wasn't just a gimme. Hey, here's a concept <laughs> of all the freebies that the governments gave out during the pandemic, which is now officially over, by the way, as of last Monday, by, by congressional decree, the pandemic is over in the U.S. I think it's been over in Europe for a while and in Asia for a while. But in the U.S., we had to have a congressional vote and the president signed it into law last week. So no more pandemic. But a lot of the freebies that were coming out through the pandemic were uh, you had to report as income. This middle class tax rebate or whatever was literally a state mandated issue because of the fact that um, uh, the amount of money that the state collected in taxes and whatever created a surplus. And so, you know, 20 plus million taxpayers in California, everybody gets 200 bucks. I mean, not to sound crass, but it is kind of like, remember the movie, Bruce Almighty, Jim Carrey is Bruce. Morgan Freeman is God. Bruce wants to be God for a day or whatever. And so he gets to become God and he starts answering all the requests. And there are so many prayers from people who wanted to win the lottery that they show Bruce 
Jim Carrey, writing all these checks to everybody on the face of the earth for seven cents or whatever it was, because because the jackpot wasn't that big compared to how many people are on planet earth praying about the lottery. It's kind of a, uh, tongue in cheek jab at people who would profess faith in God and then pray for things like lottery winnings and stuff like that. But nonetheless, um, that's why you're, the state had a budget surplus of several billion dollars. And that's why you got a debit card for 200 bucks. But if you did file your taxes and you did include that on there, if it would push you into a different tax bracket and you want to go back and file a, an amended return, the IRS says, go ahead and do it because that should not have been included as income on your taxes. Okay. Um, interesting story um, out of here in the Southland. For those who are paying attention to what's happening to churches all around the country with regard to the sanctity of life, uh, churches that remained open during the pandemic and people were concerned that there might be the spread of COVID and that type of thing. Um, sad to report that uh, Christ Church by the Sea on Balboa Peninsula over the weekend, uh, reporting they were vandalized. As a matter of fact, the Reverend Paul Capitz, who's senior pastor of Christ Church on the Sea, said he awoke to a voicemail from Newport Beach police around three in the morning on Saturday about vandalism that had taken place. Apparently, a, a man had come up to the church campus, taken a baseball bat to the church's stained glass windows and doors, and smashed them. According to Pastor uh, Reverend Capitz, they were very valuable stained glass windows. They were donated by members a long time ago to honor their loved ones. Boy, it's hard to see a memorial gift vandalized like that. Uh, the man who was taken into custody, a 27-year-old man from San Dimas, was arrested on suspicion of vandalizing the church. Uh, he was taken into custody for felony vandalism, and he was transported into the Orange County Jail Saturday morning. Uh, Newport Beach, Beach uh, Police Department uh, Sergeant Sabrina Fabrice said uh, further details were not released. He's not believed to have any connection with the church, and it's not immediately clear why this did in fact happen. Uh, the church estimates that the uh, recovery to uh, to uh, recover to replace the stained glass windows and with all the repairs, it's going to cost anywhere between eighty and a hundred thousand dollars. And uh, right now, the doors and windows are just kind of boarded up, <clears throat> and you know. It's interesting because, um, you know, this is the Easter season, of course, continues long after Easter Sunday. It goes on for those 40 days until the ascension of Christ is commemorated and then the 50th day for the Pentecost and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I ask you to keep our friends at uh, Christ Church by the Sea in Newport uh, in your prayers. And Father, we pray for healing uh, for the emotional blow in addition to the, uh, the damage of the uh, irreparable uh, stained glass memorial gifts. But Father, we know that in your economy, um, we can count it all joy when people do attack us because of our faith, when people do uh, literally take a swing at us and try to uh, in incite some kind of fear and trepidation in people who are Christ followers. And so we pray, Father, that uh, the church would hold up well, that we would continue to lift them up in prayer, and that you would use this as a catalyst for bringing your growth and Holy Spirit, just bring your power upon this congregation so that you would be glorified and that people would see the true light of life through uh, even through these pieces of wood that are uh, holding the place for the stained glass that's missing until it is repaired and replaced with something that you find pleasing. And we ask all these things in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Hey, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to take a look at something that I think is kind of, uh, well, it's, it, it's a bit, it's interesting. 
the idea that we have the opportunity to um, to take a look at uh, um, <laughs> take a look at laws that have been passed for a variety of different reasons, and sometimes they are you know people would call them part of the woke agenda. Sometimes people would say this is just bringing to light a, an issue that's very very important. On the other side of this break. California led the league several years ago in passing laws restricting access of state and federal employees in the Golden State for traveling to other states that they deemed were not LGBTQ friendly. Well, now one of the supporters of those bills is saying, hey, you know what, we really need to rethink them because quite frankly, it hasn't worked. What exactly didn't work with the passage of these bills and what are they proposing to replace them? We'll take a look at that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank Tracy from Laguna Beach, who called in last week with a gift to Preborn, uh, several hundred dollars to support the Ministry of Preborn. And Tracy, thank you so much for, for calling in and, and making your presence felt, as it were. Every $28 donation that Preborn receives from Bottom Line Show listeners goes to providing another uh, ultrasound, that uh, ultrasound that literally has a chance to save lives 85% of the time. 85% of the women who go to a Preborn clinic see the ultrasound, hear the heartbeat, they choose life for their child. Either they're going to become parents or they're going to release that child for adoption. The world in abortion clinics does not want people to see and hear what an ultrasound machine can tell them, but basically that's the truth of the situation. And Preborn has resources to help women who decide either to raise that child on their own or to release the child for adoption to help make the best decision as to where and how to handle that. Give a gift online today at kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com. Click on the preborn banner or give them a call at 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229. Give your best tax-deductible donation to preborn today and save a baby's life for all eternity. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Movie Monday coming up in about 15 minutes. Ray Nutt, the CEO of Fathom Events, is going to join me. We're going to be talking about some great faith-based movies that are coming up in May and A Father's Heart, which is one about the story of Joseph. Uh, Roll With It with Shonda Pierce, a great, fun, (laughs) frolicking comedy about a woman who gets involved in karaoke and has a good time. Uh, That's happening May 9th, 11th, and 13th. Journey to Mount Sinai Part 2 with Tim Mahoney's Patterns of Evidence is Monday, May 15th, and Wednesday, May 17th. And then The Way, starring Martin Sheen and directed and written by his son, Emilio Estevez, about a guy who makes the pilgrimage, the 500-mile trek on what is called the Camino de Santiago, The Way of St. James. It goes from France to Spain, where it winds up at uh, the Church of St. James, where allegedly, or reportedly, uh, historically, uh, that's where he is buried. Um, We've got three pairs of tickets to any of those Fathom Events things. Actually, this first three pair is for the... uh, the son of uh, the son of man and uh, a father's heart, excuse me, for Joseph and that fantastic story. So 800-227-5278 is the number to call for that. Uh, interesting report over the weekend. You may have heard about the fact that back in the mid-20s, uh, 2010s, I guess you'd call it, the, uh, the teens as opposed to the aughts, California became one of the first state to ban government-expensed travel to states that were deemed anti-LGBTQ. The legislation was proposed in 2015. Remember when President Obama was president and there was that whole kerfluffle about uh, the uh, can transgender people use the bathroom that they feel comfortable? 
using if they're at a civic place or a state place or whatever it is. And North Carolina passed, I believe it was called Proposition 1. Even the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association got involved in that uh, legal defense. They were taking out full page ads saying, let's pass Prop 1. And there was this big hue and cry over, you know, we, can, we can't do this because, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's mean spirited and it's, you know, people are going, you, you hear the same straw man arguments over and over again from the transgender community. I mean, d- just to put it in perspective, Riley Gaines is the daughter of Rowdy Gaines. Um, that's obviously not his real name. It's a nickname, but Rowdy Gaines championship swimmer has been doing swimming commentary for NBC sports for years. His daughter Riley is also a championship level swimmer on the collegiate level as well. And she's part of a growing number of women who are actually pushing back against the transgender community saying, look, it's not fair when William Thomas calls himself Leah, gives himself a couple of shots of estrogen and then competes against women and wins the 200 meter freestyle by 50 yards, you know, or whatever it was that he did. Became an NCAA champion. He was next to last on his men's team for three years at the University of Pennsylvania. But then he becomes a woman and competes against women and is an NCAA champ. And if I recall correctly, Riley Gaines was the woman who tied for fifth with him in a competition. They only had one trophy for fifth place and they instructed her to let him hold the trophy because it was better for their ratings. Well, when there was the kerfluffle seven, eight years ago about the uh, transgender rights, basically what it was tied to, a lot of people didn't realize this, was existing law that already happened in most states that said, look, if you're a man, you go to the men's room. If you're a woman, you go to the ladies' room, full stop. But the administration got into it back in 2015 by saying, oh, by the way, at a public school, if you don't allow the transgender child or the child who identifies as transgender to use the restroom of their choice, you won't get your school lunch money. There was like $4 billion in federal funding that was being held up. Again, these were guidelines, they weren't laws, but if you weren't enforcing the guidelines, you wouldn't get your lunch money. So a lot of schools said our hands are tied, what are we supposed to do? North Carolina, a lot of voters didn't realize that what they were voting for in Proposition 1 was basically already the law. Remember all the artists, we're not going to play in North Carolina. There's no way I'm a bigoted, blah, blah, blah. And come to find out, they'd been playing there for years, and that was already the law. Prop 1 was just kind of a revoicing and a recasting of it. It was already North Carolina law about men use the men's room and ladies. And these were in the civic auditorium and the state courthouse. And it wasn't, you know, if, if you have a private arena that you're running, you can let anybody use whatever bathroom you want to. Now, I see how many people actually go to your events, but you can do that. Well, in 2016, California took the very bold step to say, if anybody from our state is traveling on business and they're going to a different state, if you are one of these states that does not have the same kind of welcoming and inclusive legislation that we have here, you can't go. So now government expensed travel from people who represent California is banned in 23 different states in the union. I'm, I'm only laughing because it's, 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 it just seems so petty and ridiculous. As a matter of fact, when San Diego State, our own local men's basketball team at San Diego State, the Aztecs, were going to the final four and wound up playing for the NCAA championship, do you know the state of California refused to pay for their travel and accommodations? You know why? Because the final four championship games were in Houston, Texas, and Texas is on the no-fly list. 
Now, obviously, if you watch the game, you know the guys made it okay. The NCAA had to pay for their travel. The state of California would not allow it. So California enacted a law in 2016 that said if you are trying to travel to any place that is, you know, unfriendly, can't do it. Well, State Senator Tony Atkins, who has a San Diego connection, actually was one of the sponsors of that bill. But now she is saying that uh, she's going to lead the charge to repeal the ban. Why, you ask? Because she said the ban, quite frankly, is a bust. As a matter of fact, she said, look, the ban led to polarization, and quoting her here, the polarization is not working. We'll tell you why that's important in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Don't believe your insurance company is looking out for you. They're not. They want you to call them after you're in an accident, but you shouldn't handle that alone. That's where Stephanie Cover of Cover Law shines. With 20 years of insurance industry experience, she knows all the angles and will fight for your rights. Insurance companies pretend to be your partner, but in reality, their primary goal is to pay you as little as possible. When you work with Cover Law, Stephanie becomes your negotiator, and the insurance companies must talk to her, not you. You need to rest and heal. Stephanie is different from other attorneys. She's fully invested in your legal, medical, financial, emotional, and spiritual needs. After an accident, you don't want to deal with insurance adjusters who want to minimize your payout. So don't wait. Contact Cape Wright's personal injury attorney today at capewrightradio.com slash coverlaw. You won't pay a dime to talk to someone who truly cares about your healing. Stephanie Cover handles the personal injury side so well. She knows all the laws that changed during COVID, but she also has the personal integrity to understand a biblical worldview of what personal injury law is all about. Learn more when you go to capewrightradio.com forward slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover, the only personal injury attorney I'll ever recommend. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we're taking a look at California Assembly Bill 1887. It was passed in 2016. This is the bill that California Democrats believed would send a message to the rest of the nation that LGBTQ plus inclusion is the way that they should go. And if you don't follow our lead, well, we'll just ban travel to your state. Now, at the time they passed the law, there were a few states that were saying, well, you guys are crazy. Since that time, rather than enact laws that are similar to California's, 23 different states have now fallen on California's no travel list, including Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Montana, North Carolina, North Dakota, South Carolina, South Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and West Virginia. So if you have to do business for the state of California, you can't travel to those states and expect the, pay, the state to pay for it. But here's why I think this is good. I mean, I'm glad to see that Tony Atkins, who's the uh, uh, state senator who was one of the sponsors of the bill, said we got to pull this thing back. She gave an interview to the LA Times not too long ago, and uh, Nicholas Goldberg, who's a columnist for the Times, wrote an opinion piece based on what they talked about. This is the, the, the thing about the left that will never make sense to anybody outside the left. The left believes that the law is the law, and that's where your morals and values come from. 
And if you will not follow along with the morals and values they want you to do, they'll just make your morals and values illegal. And I, I, it's a breath of fresh air to see a leftist like Tony Atkins and an equally left-leaning, left Angeles Times columnist like Nicholas Goldberg say that 1887 is a bust. Polarization is not working. Quite frankly, Tony Atkins told Nicholas Goldberg, quote, I think everyday people are tired of polarization. We're so focused on what we believe. And if you don't agree with me, I'm not going to deal with you. It separates us. And that's a really bad thing. To which I say, shake hands with the rest of us. You can't just say, we're going to be more welcoming and inclusive. If not, we'll throw you in jail. Um, that sounds dictatorial. She also said the travel ban had the unintended impact of further isolating members of the LGBTQ plus community in those states, and it hampered Californians from being able to conduct research, do business, and engage with all people from those states. Again, this is Timothy Busfield in Field of Dreams saying, when did all these ballplayers get here? Uh, <laughs> I'm glad they're finally figuring this out seven years after the fact. Nicholas Goldberg says it's long past time to repeal the ban. He said the ban hasn't appeared to change people's attitudes to the ban states, nor has it changed their laws. He said incredulously, the travel ban has been something to, to, of a bust. It didn't do much, if anything, to achieve its goal, assuming the goal was to pressure other states to protect and expand LGBTQ plus rights. Of course not. You can't legislate morality. If the left is beholden to these values, and 23 states worth of people are not beholden to those values because they're holding to a more biblical worldview, you can't just put a gun to somebody's head and say, these will be your values. Any more than we can walk around and spray people with water and say, now you're baptized and you're a Christian. But let us use gentleness and respect, brothers and sisters, as we approach this conversation. Someone from the left is actually saying, maybe we better rethink our strategy perfect opportunity for us to come in, not to gloat, but with gentleness and respect and say, okay, let's see if we can find a more excellent way. We'll put this article up at thebottomlineshow.com. On the other side of this break, Ray Nutt joins us, the CEO of Fathom Events, to talk about the great faith-based films coming to Fathom Events theaters and screens in the month of May. That conversation coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, a special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line, Movie Monday, which actually is kind of, I mean, he doesn't know this yet, but because we have so many Fathom Events events that come up, and it just seems like one right after the other, quality, faith-based inspiration to get you into the theaters, we've kind of made Mondays our Movie Monday day. And so who better than to have on Movie Monday than the CEO of Fathom Events himself, Ray Nutt. Ray Nutt, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Thanks, Roger. It's good to be back. You're a trailblazer. I mean, you've been a trailblazer in the motion picture industry. And then also now with the bottom line show, I mean, if it weren't for you, we, I don't think we'd be doing movie Mondays, but it just, Tamara and I one day were kind of looking at all the interviews we had lined up, either talent from the projects or, you know, behind the scenes or you or one of your colleagues. And I looked, I said, we could do movies every day, every Monday for months. And we started that back in July of last year, and we've continued it. I mean, here we are in April, still doing it. So uh, thank, thank you for giving us so much content to talk about. It sounds like 2022 was a really great year for you and Fathom Events. 
It was. And, uh, you know, about half of our content last year was uh, uh, was uh, faith-based content, believe it I'm or not. I'm not surprised. And, uh, not surprised. We really uh, blazed the trail in that particular vertical and uh, had, had some great titles since we talked about last, going through the holidays of last year, and then have some good ones coming up. But uh, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because we're actually taking our, our company through a bit of a transformation. Uh, hmm. Several years ago, uh, probably 10 years ago or so, um, I think our industry was known as alternative content. And I was never very comfortable with that term, alternative content. It always sounded like a, a stepchild or something that just wasn't as important <laughs> as maybe right. it could be or should yeah. be. And so uh, about six years ago when I joined Fathom, I transitioned that brand into what we're calling event cinema. And uh, we've been doing a lot of that, obviously. We did 119 titles last year. Wow. 133 event days um and what we sat down and figured out uh, uh or at least, at least looked at and strategized at the end of last year is going into this year you know with 333 uh event days we're just out of days and we got to do something different <laughs> for the company. yeah yeah so we're going to do lesser titles um we're going to do bigger titles and what we're seeing is um, a lot of filmmakers out there are really coming around especially in the faith-based area and making more important films uh, films that are more attractive to uh, various audiences. And uh, uh, so we're going to be transitioning the brand from event cinema to what we're calling specialty distribution. Um, and we'll always be an event cinema company that does, <clears throat> excuse me, one or two events, uh, you know, uh, a night. But uh, we're also going to be taking films like uh, we just partnered uh, recently with TBN uh, to uh, uh, to do the journey mm, with yes. Bocelli. And Beautiful. It, I have to tell you, that was probably one of my proudest, if not my proudest moment at, at Fathom. It, wow. If you hadn't seen it, it was just yeah. absolutely beautiful. Gorgeous. Done. Just gorgeous. Uh, great message and coming out of the pandemic and everything. And uh, the production value was just superb on it. And then the music was spectacular. So... So a lot of good things going on. We were we were in 2022, 86% of uh, of our the last healthy year in the film industry, which is 2019, and the rest mm -hmm. of the industry was running about 20 points behind that, at about 66%. Wow. So okay, but you know this this category of you know specialty distribution is really coming into its own. I love it. Ray Nutt is the CEO of Fathom Events. We've got a link for the Fathom Events website at thebottomlineshow.com. You hear me talking about Fathom all the time. I'll, you hear the Fathom Events event, you know, coming up and whether it's a movie uh, like The the Journey or or some of the new ones that are coming in. We'll talk about some of those newer titles in just a moment. Um, I, I'm pleased to hear that the faith category is playing such a huge role for you, Ray, and your company. But also, it's nice to see uh, people getting into the theaters again for quality entertainment. And I think that's one of the things that you are striving to do with Fathom is to say, hey, we're going to go after bigger titles. We're going to go after, you know, a different type of distribution model. But the rest of the industry is going to be following us, not the other way around, because when it came time to come back to the theaters in 2022, more people went to Fathom events events than were buying the big box office ticket things, it sounds like anyway. Yeah, you know, there, there's, uh, you're, you're seeing uh, more production catch up after the pandemic. And you know, most recently, Mario Brothers did very, very well at the box office. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, but, you know, I think theaters and you know our theater owners specifically, uh, AMC Regal and Cinemark are looking for uh, additional content. And and uh, 
And it's not just Monday through Thursday anymore. If you look at the mm. journey you mentioned, we ran that for a full week, and that's sort of how we're defining specialty distribution. Uh, you know, Got maybe it. a couple of show times a day, not just one day or two days a week, that type mm -hmm. of thing. And so um, we've got to we've got to conform to what these filmmakers and audiences, quite frankly, want moving forward. And uh, that's what that's how we're moving that brand from alternative content to event cinema to specialty distribution. Rain Nutt is with me today here on the bottom line. CEO of Fathom Events. FathomEvents.com is the website. The Fathom Events model, though, really does harken us back to whether it's a documentary or a scripted comedy or whatever. The, the idea that the, the, there's a lot of power in this medium. And even though everything's gotten to the small screen now, literally, and I'm talking about your phone or mobile device, there is a lot of value in coming to have the big screen experience. Talk about why the theater is still such an important vehicle, an important platform, if you will, in this day and age. Well, it is. And I think coming out of the pandemic uh, and even before, you know, people wanted uh, wanted hope. They wanted to gather. They wanted to gather communally. And I think if you look at one of our titles, which is, is actually one our most successful title, which we did with The Chosen, which I think we talked about last yes. time. But, mm -hmm. you know, we've had three events with The Chosen. We did The Messengers in December of 2021. Uh, so that was the Christmas film. And then we decided to partner with them on... Uh, um, on uh, season three, episodes one and two to premiere season three, and then seven and eight to bookend that uh, in, on the finales. And uh, um, and if you look look at that, I think that's a perfect example of people coming together, wanting to gather communally and not just see it on their phone or their computer, right. that type of thing. So we continue to see that um, constantly. And that's also a good example of doing a film and then also entering, which we're entering into the television world and bringing TV product into mm -hmm. theaters. You have some interesting titles coming up here in the spring, especially in the month of May. And I'd love for you to just kind of give our listeners a, a you know, kind of a pull the curtain back, if you will, and uh, tease us a little bit with some of the Fathom Events events that, especially in the faith category, uh, that uh, our viewers, our listeners might be interested in. Yeah, we, we have a, a title coming up called uh, A Father's Heart. Uh, it's the story of uh, Joseph of Nazareth. Um, as as people well know, uh, Joseph was kind of a silent, discreet uh, carpenter, um, uh, foster uh, father to Jesus and everything. And uh, this particular film searches over uh, five different continents studying uh, studying Joseph and the impact that he's made um, over over the years and and not only in the past, but the impact that he's going to be making in the future as well. And that's opening May 1st and 2nd uh, mm -hmm. this year. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to some good results with that. Uh, we have Shonda Pierce back. Uh, Shonda is yes. uh, in a different format. This is actually a film where uh, she's she's a homeowner. She's run onto some hard times, and she's uh, potentially losing her home. And she goes out there and decides to enter a karaoke contest to try to win it and pay for her uh, pay for her home, or at least keep it. And uh, we have three play dates with that, which is uh, May 9th, 11th, and 13th. Um, and then one I'm I'm really excited about. We've been working with Martin Sheen and Milo uh, mm, yes. Estevez on the way. As your listeners may recall, we uh, released that, or we didn't release it. It was released back in uh, 2011. And, uh, you know, this is very important. Emilio uh, directed it. Martin's uh, starred in it. 
and uh, it's the Camino pilgrimage in Spain that they're that they're on. Martin is on, and uh, uh, this is this is very personal and important to both of them, and they're behind this thing one hundred percent. So it's uh, I think it's going to do very well. That opens May sixteenth. We have an anime series with uh, Ghibli Fest coming again. Some of the best uh, anime titles that are out there. Um, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have faith-based content coming as well as we've been talking about, but one that I failed to mention was, uh, patterns of evidence with our friend, Tim Mahoney. Oh yes. Uh, Good Journey stuff. Mount Sinai part two. Uh, so we're looking forward to that one coming and, uh, um, and we will continue to do a lot of documentaries. We, uh, we did 10 of the top 30 documentaries in 2022, including mother Teresa and, uh, um, uh, no greater love. And that was a fabulous film that uh, yeah. was out there, but, uh, and actually, uh, not to digress, but we did Navalny, which won the, the Academy award for uh, a documentary feature. So excellent. Uh, so we distributed that as well. So uh, a lot of classic uh, films coming out there. We just hired Leonard Malton to introduce all of our classics. Oh, I love that. Uh, so he's, he gives great insight into the, the movies that, you know, he's like a library or an encyclopedia. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, a lot of, a lot of really good product coming, uh, this, this, uh, uh, this summer and, uh, into, into the holidays. We're looking, looking to that and all, all, all the way into 2024 already as well. And I have it on good authority, Ray, though. I realize schedules can change, but Emilio is going to be joining me here on the bottom line show prior to that release to have a conversation about that film. And I, I the last time I was in theaters, he was one of our first guests on the program. So it'd be nice to bookend that, but everything you're describing here has meaning. And I think, that for so many people who've used the movies over the years, I know my dad was a big movie buff when he was a kid, and it was a good way to go and kind of escape. But oftentimes you went to that escape, if you will, and it, there was a movie with a moral and there was a message and there was good writing and directing and whatever. And Hollywood's kind of moved into the, how do we just keep your attention? We'll just entertain you and shock you and do whatever you can. Well, Ray, we certainly enjoy the partnership that we share here at the Bottom Line Show. It's nice to have uh, instant access to the CEO's office when a new project comes out. We'll say, oh, wow, look, that's Fathom. We should reach out and see if we can get some tickets. And you guys are always very generous and gracious. And I know our listeners really appreciate that. So on behalf of all of them who have benefited, thank you uh, for your generosity with the giveaways, but also just for doing such a job of steering this uh, entertainment vehicle on this platform and building it and adapting in the changing times. You guys do a tremendous work and especially on the faith-based side of the equation, we really appreciate it. Ray Nutt, CEO of Fathom Events, fathomevents.com. Ray, thank you and God bless you from all of us here at the Bottom Line Show. Thanks, Roger. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Well, a special guest joining me today here on the Bottom Line, Movie Monday, which actually is kind of, I mean, he doesn't know this yet, but because we have so many Fathom Events events that come up, and it just seems like one right after the other, quality faith-based inspiration to get you into the theaters. We've kind of made Mondays our Movie Monday day. And so who better than to have on Movie Monday than the CEO of Fathom Events himself, Ray Nutt. Ray Nutt, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. Thanks, Roger. It's good to be back. You're a trailblazer. I mean, you've been a trailblazer in the motion picture industry. And then also now with the Bottom Line Show, I mean, if it weren't for you, we, I don't think we'd be doing movie Mondays, but it just, Tamara and I one day were kind of looking at all the interviews we had lined up, either talent from the projects or, you know, behind the scenes or you or one of your colleagues. And I looked, I said, we could do movies every day, every Monday for months. 
And we started that back in July of last year, and we've continued it. I mean, here we are in April, still doing it. So uh, thank, thank you for giving us so much content to talk about. It sounds like 2022 was a really great year for you and Fathom Events. It was. And, uh, you know, about half of our content last year was uh, uh, was uh, faith-based content, believe it or I'm not. not surprised. And, uh, not surprised. We really uh, blazed the trail in that particular vertical and uh, had, had some great titles since we talked about last going through the holidays of last year and then have some good ones coming up. But uh, uh, it's 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 interesting because we're actually taking our, our company through a bit of a transformation uh, hmm. several years ago. Uh, probably 10 years ago or so, um, I think our industry was known as alternative content. And I was never very comfortable with that term, alternative content. It always sounded like a, a stepchild or something that just wasn't as important <laughs> as maybe right. it could be or should yeah. be. And so uh, about six years ago when I joined Fathom, I transitioned that brand into what we're calling event cinema. And uh, we've been doing a lot of that, obviously. We did 119 titles last year. Wow. and event days. Um, and what we sat down and figured out, uh, uh, or at least, at least looked at and strategized at the end of last year is going into this year, you know, with 333 uh, event days, we're just out of days and we got to do something different. <laughs> with the company. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to do lesser titles. Um, we're going to do bigger titles. And what we're seeing is um, a lot of filmmakers out there are really coming around, especially in the faith-based area and making more important films uh, films that are more attractive to uh, various audiences. And uh, uh, so we're going to be transitioning the brand from event cinema to what we're calling specialty distribution. Um, and we'll always be an event cinema company that does, <clears throat> excuse me, one or two events, uh, you know, uh, a night. But uh, we're also going to be taking films like uh, we just partnered uh, recently with TBN uh, to uh, uh, to do the journey Mm, yes. And it, I have to tell you, that was probably one of my proudest, if not my proudest moment at, at Fathom. It, wow. If you hadn't seen it, it was just yeah. absolutely beautiful. Gorgeous. Done. Just gorgeous. Uh, great message and coming out of the pandemic and everything. And uh, the production value was just superb on it. And then the music was spectacular. So, so a lot of good things going on. We were, we were in 2000, uh, uh, 22, 86% of, uh, of our, the last healthy year in the film industry, which is 2019. And the rest mm -hmm. of the industry was running about 20 points behind that at about 66%. Wow. So, okay. but you know, this, this category of, you know, specialty distribution is really coming into its own. I love it. Ray Nutt is the CEO of Fathom Events. We've got a link for the Fathom Events website at thebottomlineshow.com. You hear me talking about Fathom all the time. I'll, you hear the Fathom Events event, you know, coming up and whether it's a movie uh, like The the Journey or or some of the new ones that are coming in, we'll talk about some of those newer titles in just a moment. Um, I, I'm pleased to hear that the faith category is playing such a huge role for you, Ray, and your company. But also, it's nice to see uh, people getting into the theaters again for quality entertainment. And I think that's one of the things that you are striving to do with Fathom is to say, hey, we're going to go after bigger titles. We're going to go after, you know, a different type of distribution model. But the rest of the industry is going to be following us, not the other way around, because when it came time to come back to the theaters in 2022, more people went to Fathom events events than were buying the big box office ticket things, it sounds like anyway. Yeah, you know, there, there's uh, you're, you're seeing uh, more production catch up after the pandemic. And 
you know, most recently Mario Brothers did very, very well at the box office. And, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but, you know, I think theaters and, you know, our theater owners specifically, uh, AMC Regal and Cinemark are looking for uh, additional content. And, and, uh, and it's not just Monday through Thursday anymore. If you look at the mm -hmm. journey you mentioned, we ran that for a full week, and that's sort of how we're defining specialty distribution. Uh, you know, Got maybe it. a couple of show times a day, not just one day or two days a week, that type mm -hmm. of thing. And so um, we've got to we've got to conform to what these filmmakers and audiences, quite frankly, want moving forward. And uh, that's what that's how we're moving that brand from alternative content to event cinema to specialty distribution. Rain Nutt is with me today here on The Bottom Line, CEO of Fathom Events. FathomEvents.com is the website. The Fathom Events model, though, really does harken us back to, whether it's a documentary or a scripted comedy or whatever, the, the idea that the, the, there's a lot of power in this medium. And even though everything's gotten to the small screen now, literally, and I'm talking about your phone or mobile device, there is a lot of value in coming to have the big screen experience. Talk about why the theater is still such an important vehicle, an important platform, if you will, in this day and age. Well, it is. And I think coming out of the pandemic, uh, and even before, you know, people wanted uh, wanted hope. They wanted to gather. They wanted to gather communally. And I think if you look at one of our titles, which is, is actually one, our most successful title, which we did with The Chosen, which I think we talked about last yes. time. But, mm -hmm. you know, we've had three events with The Chosen. We did The Messengers in December of 2021. Uh, so that was a Christmas film. And then we decided to partner with them on... Uh, um, on uh, season three, episodes one and two to premiere season three, and then seven and eight to bookend that uh, in, on the finales. And uh, um, and if you look look at that, I think that's a perfect example of people coming together, wanting to gather communally, and not just see it on their phone or their computer right. that type of thing. So we continue to see that um, constantly, and that's also a good example of doing a film and then also entering, which we're entering into the television world and bringing TV product into mm -hmm. theaters. You have some interesting titles coming up here in the spring, especially in the month of May. And I'd love for you to just kind of give our listeners a, a you know, kind of a pull the curtain back, if you will, and uh, tease us a little bit with some of the Fathom events, events that, especially in the faith category uh, that uh, our viewers, our listeners might be interested in. Yeah, we, we have a, a title coming up called uh, A Father's Heart. Uh, it's the story of uh, Joseph of Nazareth. Um, as as people well know, uh, Joseph was kind of a silent, discreet uh, carpenter, um, uh, foster uh, father to Jesus and everything. And uh, this particular film searches over uh, five different continents studying uh, studying Joseph and the impact that he's made um, over over the years, and and not only in the past, but the impact that he's going to be making in the future as well, and that's opening May first and second uh, mm -hmm. this year. So uh, we're we're looking forward to some good results with that. Uh, we have Shonda Pierce back. Uh, Shonda is yes. uh, in a different format. This is actually a film where uh, she's she's a homeowner. She's run onto some hard times and she's uh, potentially losing her home. And she goes out there and decides to enter a karaoke contest to try to win it and pay for her uh, pay for her home or at least keep it. And uh, we have three play dates with that, which is uh, May 9th, 11th and 13th. Um, and then one I'm I'm really excited about. We've been working with Martin Sheen and uh, mm, yes. Milo Estevez on the way. 
as your listeners may recall, we uh, released that, or we didn't release it. It was released back in uh, 2011. And, uh, you know, this is very important. Emilio uh, directed it. Martin's uh, starred in it. And uh, it's the Camino pilgrimage in Spain that they're that they're on. Martin is on. And uh, uh, this is this is very personal and important to both of them. And they're behind this thing 100 percent. So it's uh, I think it's going to do very well. That opens May 16th. We have an anime series with uh, Ghibli Fest coming again. Some of the best uh, anime titles that are out there. Um, uh, you know, we have uh, we have faith based content coming as well as we've been talking about. But one that I failed to mention was uh, Patterns of Evidence with our friend Tim Mahoney. Oh yes, good uh, stuff. Mount Sinai Part Two. Uh, so we're looking forward to that one coming, and uh, um, and we and we'll continue to do a lot of documentaries. We uh, we did ten of the top thirty documentaries in 2022, including Mother Teresa and. Uh, um, uh, no greater love. And that was a fabulous film that uh, yeah. was out there, but, uh, and actually, uh, not to digress, but we did Navalny, which won the Academy award for uh, a documentary feature. So excellent. Uh, so we distributed that as well. So uh, a lot of classic uh, films coming out there. We just hired Leonard Malton to introduce all of our classics. Oh, I love that. Uh, so he's, he gives great insight into the the movies that you know he's like a library or an encyclopedia <laughs> that's for but, sure yeah you know, so anyway uh, a lot of a lot of really good product coming uh this this uh, uh this summer and uh, into into the holidays we're looking look into that and all 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 the way into 2024 already as well and i have it on good authority ray though i realize schedules can change but emilio is going to be joining me here on the bottom line show prior to that release to have a conversation about that film and i, I the last time i was in theaters he was one of our first guests on the program so it'd be nice to bookend that but everything you're describing here has meaning and i think that for so many people who've used the movies over the years, I know my dad was a big movie buff when he was a kid, and it was a good way to go and kind of escape. But oftentimes you went to that escape, if you will. And it, there was a movie with a moral and there was a message and there was good writing and directing and whatever. And Hollywood's kind of moved into the how do we just keep your attention? We'll just entertain you and shock you and do whatever you can. Well, Ray, we certainly enjoy the partnership that we share here at the Bottom Line Show. It's nice to have uh, instant access to the CEO's office when a new project comes out. We'll say, oh, wow, look, that's Fathom. We should reach out and see if we can get some tickets. And you guys are always very generous and gracious. And I know our listeners really appreciate that. So on behalf of all of them who have benefited, thank you. Uh, for your generosity with the giveaways, but also just for doing such a job of steering this uh, entertainment vehicle and this platform and building it and adapting in the changing times. You guys do a tremendous work, and especially on the faith-based side of the equation, we really appreciate it. Ray Nutt, CEO of Fathom Events, fathomevents.com. Ray, thank you, and God bless you from all of us here at the Bottom Line Show. Thanks, Roger. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. And we've got those tickets that I was talking about earlier to give away right now. We've got three pair of passes, courtesy of our friends at Fathom Events, for the movie A Father's Heart. It's about the life of Joseph. The uh, I like the way uh, that uh, Ray mentioned that, uh, the foster dad, if you will, of Jesus Christ. A Father's Heart is in theaters Monday, May 1st, Tuesday, May 2nd. We have three pair of passes to give away, courtesy of our friends at Fathom Events, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And because it's Movie Monday on the other side of this break, 
I'll tell you about another movie giveaway that we have just waiting in the wings for you. So chances are, if you call between now and the top of the hour, you're going to win something. 800-227-5278-800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. My thanks again to Ray Nutt, the CEO of Fathom Events. Fathomevents.com is where you find information on all the movies they have. There are four, three, four really good faith-based movies coming up in May. And the first is May 2nd and first and second. It's called A Father's Heart, the historic, excuse me, the miracles of St. Joseph for today. Talking about the foster dad of, you know, Mary and Joseph. And so Jesus is foster dad, if you will, uh, Joseph. That movie will be in theaters on Monday, May 1st and Tuesday, May 2nd. We have three pair of tickets to give away for that, courtesy of Fathom Events at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, it's interesting. I mentioned another part of the giveaway, and this is something that, uh, well, it really gets to me because my parents were both public school educators. My mom taught first grade for 30 years. My dad was a junior high and then high school teacher, and then he became an administrator for the last, oh, 25 years of his career. And um, they've had a good retirement. And uh, as the one who oversees uh, their retirement now, along with Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial, um, I I know that they've had a, a, I want to (laughs) say... They're not rich, but he stretched the imagination. I mean, when you make public school salaries, that's what you do. But God has, they've been good stewards with the resources that they've had. And I think God has blessed them mightily into their 90s now. But there's a growing phenomenon happening with public employees, specifically public school teachers, that is becoming a bit of a problem. Uh, Cal Stars, as it were, Cal uh, State Teachers Retirement System, has seen over the past decade the number of state teachers that find out that they're not getting, you know, some teachers get cost of living increases. I think everyone does. Um, Some actually see their pensions go up for reasons that I'm not fully understanding how they happened. But between 2016 and 2022, the new phenomenon is nearly 10,000 retired teachers and administrators in the state of California have actually seen their benefits go down. Now, this is somewhat ominous. You recall when the program first opened. <laughs> I know a lot of people, I've been listening to you since day one. Okay, remember when we talked about the Detroit public uh, pension system back in 2012? Maybe you don't, and that's okay. Um, we, we started the Bottom Line show. Uh, we went to visit Bob Duco and Mr. Crawford at WMUZ in Michigan and hung out for a couple of days and got to know the lay of the land. You know, here's how you do a talk show. And hmm, sure, whatever. I figured that figured we'd let God have his way and lead. But there was a huge problem going on with the city of Detroit where a lot of employees of the city found out that their guaranteed benefit pensions weren't worth what they thought they were. Now, guarantee, you know, there's either defined benefit or defined contribution. Defined contribution is like with your 401k. You can put up to 15% of your pay in. The employer matches it. One, two, three, four, five percent I worked for a company once that matched it 40%, which was pretty incredible. And then it goes into this mutual fund, and then it either grows or it doesn't. And as you hear Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial say often, that sometimes when the market goes way down, your 401k becomes a 201k. And that's why I recommend you contact Wilson Financial. But we've had a lot of public school teachers over the years. Dennis has public school teachers as clients. 
who have said when they got to retirement, they would rather take the lump sum and then put it in CD alternatives or IRA alternatives or read alternatives or whatever they do with Wilson Financial, because there's a guarantee that your money will never go down. There is a long-term care benefit that you can't even get from the state teacher's retirement system now that you can with many of the CD alternative uh, products with Wilson Financial. But can you imagine having a defined benefit means you are going to get a guaranteed return. You made $50,000 a year working for the state. They've got a little calculator that says your retirement will be, say, $30,000 a year, and then it goes up 2 or 3% every year with cost of living. And you can plan on that. How would you like to be one of the 95, 9,600 teachers who had their benefits actually reduced between 2016 and 2022? And now, basically, it, it all comes down to CalSTRS saying, um, here's the deal. We miscalculated. We've been overpaying you, and now you owe us money. So instead, well, let me give you an example of what that looks like. Some of the overpayments came from miscalculations by the district. The teacher was told they were going to uh, get more money toward their retirement because they taught more classes. They taught a zero period. They taught summer school, something like that. There were some teachers who worked as union representatives and were told that uh, whatever they earned there could actually roll into their retirement as well. But think about this. Um, John Boyett, 68 years of age, taught in Napa, California. He was informed recently that his benefits were actually too high. They miscalculated. So now he has to pay back $67,000 in benefit that the state says he was overpaid. And oh, by the way, remember that defined benefit that you had for retiring? It's now $1,200 lower. How about Stephanie Brown Myers? This is a woman who was teaching for a number of years. When she retired, she was informed that her benefits would be declining by $300 a month because of a miscalculation. And oh, by the way, you now owe us $22,000. Here's another one, and this one is just insidious. 78-year-old Rita Thur, who worked until she was 68 years of age, I'm not sure what she did. I mean, she was a teacher, but I don't know how it got to this point. Apparently, when they did the math and found out how much they miscalculated her retirement, she now owes $142,886.44. She estimated that with the current rate of repayment, she would have to live to be 106 before she could pay that back. And now she's looking at her 80s and possibly her 90s without the full benefit that she was told she would get. Every year, about 5% of all retirees either get an increase, positive, or a decrease, negative, because of late reporting, an audit, some type of thing. Typically, though, the average monthly decrease is around $144. But what's happening now with the California State Teachers Retirement System is about 10,000 teachers are really getting the screws put to them. Through no fault of their own, they're taking the money that the district told them they were entitled to have, and now their retirement is looking bleak. Please keep these people in your prayers, but also 
If you are part of that baby boom generation that's retiring and you are faced now with the baby boomer dilemma or something like this happening to your defined benefit or your pension is now not worth what you thought it was, you really need to call Dennis Wilson at 800-696-9970 and set up a complimentary consultation. And to sweeten the deal, we've got a half dozen more screenings of the Baby Boomer Dilemma movie to give away absolutely free. Give Crystal and Teresa a call right now at 800-227-5278. We've got the first six people are going to get them. I have more. So if we get more than six calls, you can get more. 800-227-5278. We'll get you the code and you can watch that at home. It's the movie plus a couple of hours of bonus content. If you saw the Baby Boomer Dilemma in the theater with Dennis Wilson, you didn't get to see all of it. This is all of it. And you can watch it in your own home. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-227-5278. We got lots for you to call in for. Uh, we've got, uh, we're still taking your calls for those three pair of tickets to see the outstanding movie about the life of Joseph. It's coming to Fathom Events screens on May 1st and 2nd. It's called A Father's Heart about Joseph of Nazareth, the humble figure, really not mentioned in scripture all that much, but what do we really know about him? This movie answers those questions for you. Three pair of tickets for that, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. And then if you're a teacher and you heard that story I just shared, maybe that's your story. California State Teachers Retirement System now has 10,000 teachers in the system who had their benefits reduced. And not only were the benefits reduced, but the teachers are being forced to pay back $10,000, $20,000. In some cases, one woman who's 78 years of age has been informed that she had, whether it was summer school teaching or union work or overtime, whatever she did, that she was told would apply toward her, her retirement and has been reaping those benefits for the past 10 years. Now she's told that it doesn't count and she has to pay back that money. Boy, I'll tell you, if you find yourself in that situation or you want to make sure you don't get stuck in that situation, Dennis Wilson is making available copies of the movie, The Baby Boomer Dilemma, the expose on the history of the retirement system, why pensions have gone sideways, even the state ones, and what to do if you're in a 401k or an IRA and you don't want to get hit with a ton of taxes in your retirement. 800-227-5278. We've got streaming codes to give away today, at least six of them, that if you want to, if you haven't seen this movie, and of course, if you're a bottom line listener in K-Bright, KSN, KCBC, KLDC, you need to make sure that your retirement is going to be stewarded well. Watch this movie and it'll give you all sorts of questions to then call Dennis Wilson and ask and he'll answer them. Call us at 800-227-5278 and get your copy of the movie. 800-227-5278. We're just, we'll be emailing you a code where you can stream it. 800-227-5278 is the number to get through to the bottom line and keep Dennis Wilson's number handy because you're going to need that too. 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970 for Wilson Financial Services. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is coming up next. For those who remain on the network, 
This is the time of year when a lot of churches are experiencing transition growth. Maybe your senior pastor is retiring or moving to a different church. Are you going to replace him or her or them? Them meaning a couple, not you know, a non-binary thing. Dr. Scott Pace and Pastor Shane Pruitt have written a book called Calling Out the Called, Discipling Those Called to Ministry Leadership, whether it's in the pulpit or leading Bible study or other types of church leadership. This is a powerful book to have on hand if you're on the search committee. If you're on the elder board, if you're on the deacons or the full assembly, Scott's going to join me on the other side of this break to talk about what it means to identify who potential leaders are within your own congregation and then to help them to see the ministry to which they are called. So Scott Pace is going to join me to talk about calling out the called on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to call talk about calling. We're going to talk about purpose. We're going to talk about leadership in particular and why it seems like there are fewer and fewer people who are answering the call to leadership is that they're not being called or maybe they're just not hearing the call. Joining me today here on The Bottom Line, a return visit from Scott Pope. Uh, Scott or Scott Pace is the currently the Vice President for Undergraduate Studies and the Dean of the College at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, uh, North Carolina. He also teaches the, as Associate Professor of Preaching and Pastoral Ministry. Dr. Pace is uh, uh, the proud father of four kids, and uh, he and his wife Dana have been married for uh, a couple of decades now, which means they've got, uh, uh, I'm sure, some more stories and maybe a parenting <laughs> book coming out in the future. Dr. Scott Pace, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. Hey, thanks again for having me. Uh, excited to be here. Well, we're glad to have you here because, I mean, for those who are watching, I have to tease Scott a little bit. For those who are watching on My Hope Now, you see that massive bookshelf. That's just a small portion of the books that Dr. <laughs> Scott Pace uses on a regular basis. You can imagine right. what he puts his undergraduate students through. Um, right. we, more and more, what we've seen in the headlines, unfortunately, mm -hmm. is, I mean, I was reading through the Ministry Watch pages earlier today and talking about three more pastors who stepped down who were forced uh, out, who, or, you know, who, or, or either because of illegal dealings or maybe who just said, it's not for me, I'm burned out, I'm just, I'm le leaving. And I'm concerned, as are you, that there are not as many people going into leadership. And then once people do get into leadership, we don't really know if we called the right people. So yeah. your new book is called Calling Out the Called, Discipling uh, Those Called to Ministry Leadership, which we have up at thebottomlineshow.com. You and Shane Pruitt put this book work together. What was the genesis of this uh, research? Uh, a lot of what you just described, you know, um, not only seeing uh, people fail who were in ministry leadership, and a lot of times the headlines will focus on things like moral failure or doctrinal compromise, but more often than not, it was some other aspect of ministry that, uh, you know, resulted in them either burning out uh, or stepping out, you know, deciding to, to to leave the ministry because they didn't know what they were getting into when they signed up for it. Right. And so some of the book was, hey, let's try to uh, prepare and equip them with a little bit more of eyes wide open and to spiritually prepare them and equip them uh, to kind of, uh, you know, persevere through what they're going to face in ministry. It was that and the combination of what you described too, the shortfall uh, that's kind of on the horizon by way of there's just um, a shortage of future ministry leaders that are either training right now or have indicated that way or currently kind of in churches right now. You're just seeing a shortage of, uh, of pastors and leaders that aren't available. So a lot of churches right now don't have ministry leaders. So it was a combination of a lot of those factors that kind of sparked the book idea for us. We, uh, part of the church I was uh, serving in for many, many years and recently stepped away from just because we moved, um, but we, uh, we, were looking for, we were looking for an associate pastor at the time. 
and it took us two years and we found mm. a guy who went to a seminary that was outside of our denomination because we couldn't find anybody who was willing to come to Southern yeah. California and take that effort. And we got basically, and I love this guy to pieces, we got a, a youth pastor who was going to work his way into senior pastorate at some point. He was 28 years old. And boy, talk about needle in a haystack. It seems like mm. if you're trying to find that used to be the way it was, right? Someone went to seminary, they, right. they they were identified, you know, the leadership there said, Hey, we've got some great recruits for you. And they went with it. And now it seems to be kind of moving uh, away from all of that. Is there a, yeah. I, I hate to say a formula, but is there a, something that churches should be looking at, you know, when it comes to calling leadership and then holding them accountable and discipling them? Yeah, it's interesting what you're describing is kind of the uh, the farm system. If you were to use a sports analogy in like baseball, mm -hmm. the farm system is dried up. We we haven't uh, done that. And a lot of that's been the result of us kind of uh, swapping free agents. It's kind of, hey, one church will mm. find a pastor and take them from another church. And that church then finds themselves in that same problem. And so there's a kind of shuffling uh, rotation players rather than raising up a whole new generation of ministry leaders. And I think the biggest thing is you kind of ask the question, what can churches be doing is to elevate this conversation of calling. Uh, God is calling some to vocational ministry leadership, and we've gotten away from that conversation. And that's something we're hoping to elevate by way of this book. Dr. Scott Pace, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. The book is called Calling Out the Called, uh, Discipling Those to Call to Ministry Leadership. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.things.com. Scott, one of the things you do talk about is the idea that, first and foremost, there are a lot of people, uh, you've talked to them and I have too, who feel like they're called to a certain aspect of ministry. You know, I think mm -hmm. God wants me to be a musician because I like to sing, or I, you know, that, right. this, that, and the other thing. And you and I both have accounting backgrounds. So, I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, God did not uh, intend for us. And I'm glad he delivered us from those, right. uh, those backgrounds because, <laughs> doggone it, I mean, that that's brutal. I mean, uh, but your accounting that's led to applied, you know, uh, theology mm -hmm. and you know, that type of thing. Um, how do we know? I mean, there are some people who are thinking about just leadership of the church, not necessarily senior pastorate, but just, you know, some right. kind of leadership role. And they're wondering, okay, I believe I'm called. How do we in the congregation, how do we in church leadership help people who believe that they're being called kind of uh, meet it out a little bit and find out if that's real? Yeah, I think there's a couple of different things uh, that, that we want them to, to help them look for. And there's uh, what I would call maybe a a personal uh, affirmation that's going to come through their own wrestling with uh, that sense from the Lord and how the Spirit's leading them in terms of desire and giftedness and fulfillment and satisfaction. All of those are somewhat subjective, but Spirit-led subject in, in, in terms of um, their relationship with Him. Then there's also the private conversations and affirmation that's going to come through people who are serving in those capacities now who can tell them what to expect, what to look for, what they're getting into. Uh, because so many times, as you uh, mentioned, kind of our accounting background, so many times you you do it, you major in something in college and you get out and you find out, man, that's not exactly what I thought it was. I'm going to mm -hmm. go into a different career, right? So in ministry, uh, we need to help them understand too, hey, what you see necessarily on a Sunday morning or in a particular ministry context doesn't really capture all that that responsibility looks like. And so there's that private Kind of affirmation from those who are in those roles that can kind of mentor them and shepherd them through uh, what they're getting into. And then there's the public uh, affirmation, which is more of the congregational affirmation that sees and recognizes those gifts, affirms them, encourages them, gives them opportunities to exercise and strengthen those kind of ministry muscles, if you will, gives them permission to fail, permission to grow, uh, and, and helps them kind of fulfill that that calling. So I think it's it's a combination of those different levels of personal, private, 
and public affirmation that are really important. Dr. Scott Pace is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh calling out The Called is the new book, which is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, every one of us as Christians, I believe, has a calling. I mean, we're, yep. called to, we're called to faith in Christ. It's not something that we can manufacture. I don't, I've never met anyone, and I don't think you have either, that mm. woke up one day and said, wow, I'm a really bad sinner. I need Jesus. Right. You know, I mean, there, there has to be a Holy Spirit component to that. Yes. And yet, while there's a universal calling, there are also unique callings. And sometimes I think people get them mixed up. Yeah. Can you help us delineate the difference between the two? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things we talk in, about in the book is that universal calling that we as believers all share. You might think of Ephesians 4, 1, where, you know, walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And he's talking to mm -hmm. all believers there, that calling to follow Christ, to serve Christ, to surrender our lives to his leadership and control. And that's going to include a vocation too, right? Those who are universally called are called to leverage their vocation as ministry, whether it's as an accountant or a school teacher or a uh, an auto worker, whatever it may be. Uh, but then that unique calling that you describe is is one of those um, uh, you know, the aspects of calling to ministry leadership. When you fast forward in Ephesians 4, just a few verses, uh, he says, but he gave some as apostles and pastors and teachers and evangelists. And those were given as gifts to the church to what? Equip the saints for the work of ministry. In other mm -hmm. words, there are some who are called to serve the church and lead the church and be a part of uh, God's plan and design that way. And that unique calling is what we're trying to re-elevate. A lot of times that universal calling and unique calling, uh, you can see them as the, the pendulum swing or the scales that are tipped. I think um, for right reason, in the last maybe uh, 20 or 30 years, you call it a generation, we wanted to emphasize every member ministry, which is the universal calling. Everybody's living on mission. Everybody's serving the Lord. Everybody right. plays a part. Remove the clericalism, you know, kind of remove, like, give everybody value and, and, and uh, participation in this. And that's that was real meaning, biblical and right. We can't lose that. But we did it at the expense of the, the unique calling that we all of a sudden weren't talking about those who were called to ministry leadership. So nobody is responding to that. Nobody's answering that. I believe God's still calling those, but people aren't seeing that as even an option because we've eliminated that from the conversation. So it's really about elevating the balance or finding the balance between the two. Uh, without elevating one over the other or at the ex uh, expense of the other. And it's funny, as you were sharing that, Scott, I, I couldn't help but think of the uh, the old-time hymn, Softly and Tenderly, and mm. realizing that the still small voice of the Spirit is calling us that way. But sometimes in the culture that we live in now, we, there's so much emphasis on the media, on the, you know, listening yeah. with your eyes and all the razzmatazz, that I wonder if we might be stifling or even, you know, uh, squelching out the voice of the spirit for a lot of people because they're so engaged in the lure of the appeal yeah. of the you know the stardom if you will or you know the the, yeah. the big stage and that's well that's an important thing to decipher the difference between the two uh, dr scott pace is my guest today here on the bottom line i'm roger marsh calling out the called is the name of the new book discipling those called to ministry leadership we have a link for the book up at the bottom line show.com is it possible in modern culture that the reputation of the church pastor has suffered to the point where now it seems like nobody wants to go into ministry full-time? I'm going to ask that question of Dr. Scott Pace and give him a little more time to answer on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years? 
After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Dr. Scott Pace is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. We have a great conversation today about a new book that he has co-authored with Shane Pruitt. The book is called Calling Out the Called, Discipling Those Called to Ministry Leadership. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dr. Scott Pace serves as Vice President of Undergraduate Studies and Dean of the College at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, he also teaches as Associate Professor of Preaching and Pastoral Ministry. Uh, he has his Master's in Divinity and a PhD in Applied theology, but we also uh, have uh, gr- have great fun ribbing ourselves for the fact that we have undergraduate degrees in accounting, uh, which is just, you know, but it's it's one of those things we talked about, Scott, the fact that God will call us out of places where we're thinking, you know, I went into accounting thinking, well, they always need accountants and it's a good steady right. work and, you know, that type of thing. And God had other ideas 40 years ago when I'm junior year and directed me into <laughs> the broadcast ministry. Um, there was a time in America, especially, sure. where Big churches kept getting bigger. We became familiar with the concept of the megachurch, television mm-hmm. ministries, and now it's to the point where you, most of us can name probably a dozen senior pastors of large churches we'll never go to by name mm. and feel like we know them simply because they became celebrities. But at the same time, I was reading yet another story of a pastor in Fort Worth, one in Fort Lauderdale, uh, not good for Fort churches, but pastors who were <laughs> stepping down because of moral failure, or in one case, a pastor who stepped down because he had a child working at the church and the child was engaged in risky behavior and dad didn't do anything about it. So, I mean, they had to, you know, discipline. Is yeah. it possible now that the culture has shifted also to become anti-Christian as opposed to postmodern? Mm. Now that Christianity isn't necessarily in favor that much, is it possible that all of those mitigating factors have led to a decline in people saying, I don't feel called to go to ministry anymore? A hundred percent. And I think a lot of it is a, somewhat of a skewed perspective, unfortunately, because for every you know, one that you hear of that's failed, there's thousands of faithful pastors who are out there serving and making Amen. a difference. And so we we typically try to characterize the whole by the few. And that's unfortunate. Uh, at the same time, it doesn't ignore the reality that there are some who have, uh, you know, fallen from grace, so to speak, and uh, for whatever uh, reason. And that has uh, kind of cast a, a shadow of doubt on the, the reliability, trustworthy nature or character of the pastor. I agree with you in our culture. There was a time where the pastor was was kind of uh, regarded as the uh, the resident expert on almost everything. Uh, he could speak right. to the various issues and speak as to what God would say about those based on the scriptures and uh, various things. And now uh, pastors are almost ridiculed for their perspective, um, even in my own experience. And maybe you've had something similar. Uh, I know what it's like to, to kind of be introducing yourself to a stranger and you ask what they do for a living. They kind of throw the question back to you and you almost feel like you have to apologize to answer. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm a, I'm a pastor because you know the connotation right. that it creates. Uh, you know, in addition to that, I think we've done a poor job as ministry leaders with how we even speak about our ministry. We're often lamenting the difficulties, the challenges, uh, how busy we are, how frustrated we are, how tired we are. And that, too, in combination with these other failures and the uh, kind of connotations that uh, the pastoral office comes with now, um, does 
why would anybody want to do that? It does diminish mm-hmm. the the interest um, and maybe the um, possibility that they would ever consider. Yeah, I, I don't want anything to do with that. And I think that's where the part that we can control is if we prepare those who are going into ministry to not fall into those uh, areas of disgrace. Uh, and then also to kind of change the narrative a little bit in terms of how we speak of the ministry, the privilege it is, the honor we have to serve the Lord full time in a vocational capacity that would invite others to aspire. That's the word Paul uses to, to Timothy for those who aspire to the office of overseer. You know, it's it's that aspiration that we want to invite by how yes. we characterize the ministry and how we speak about it. Dr. Scott Pace is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, and we're talking about a very important subject in the life of the church as we see fewer and fewer men and women uh, being called into leadership, or maybe, let me phrase that, uh, responding to the call into Mm. ministry leadership. Mm. The book is called Calling Out the Called, Discipling Those Called to Ministry Leadership. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I've read biographies, I've heard interviews, you have too, of great men and women of faith who said, I knew when I was eight, I knew when I was Mm. 10, I knew whatever, or someone pulled me aside and said, you know, you really have a gift, that type of thing. And now it seems like, and this is anecdotal, but Mm -hmm. it seems to me that in the church world, I don't hear that about, boy, there's this kid in my middle school group and he is on fire. I mean, or this Mm. young lady who's going off to college and uh, this, that, and the other thing, or even seeing it in the younger ages. Are we kind of falling down on the job, Dr. Scott Pace, with regard to kind of planting that seed in the minds and hearts of young people? Yeah, I think we are because uh, I do see in this generation uh, a passion for the gospel, the things of God, wanting to serve his kingdom and make a difference. Uh, But I don't see an avenue for them to do that because we have kind of removed uh, the calling and the concept of it uh, from the conversation. So uh, in kind of stepping away from the traditional invitation of sorts, no matter what that may look like by way of model, there's not a, a place for that conversation. There's no platform to extend uh, to someone to consider that. Uh, we've removed it from our intentional personal conversations that we're having. Hey, have you ever considered that? You were just describing, you know, somebody told me, man, you'd make a great pastor. You really ought to consider this. That's some of what happened in my own calling is someone saw something yeah, in me same. and we have kind of ignored that uh, by way of conversation in the church, exhorting people uh, and encouraging them to consider that. So I think we have done ourselves a disservice by uh, kind of squelching, if you will, as you mentioned earlier, the conversation. When we think about leadership, and if you're I, I'm appealing now to bottom line show listeners who are part of a congregation where maybe you have not had a pastor for a year or two, maybe or there's a bit of transition, or maybe it just seems like the church could probably uh, possibly use a change. I mean, uh, Scott Pace, is it conceivable that part of the goal of writing this book, Calling Out the Called, uh, the discipling of those called to ministry leadership is also to help other people who realize, hey, maybe I got into this for the wrong reasons, and I did, there's somewhere else I can serve better, maybe lovingly encourage them out of the positions that they're in right now? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, one, it's about setting the bar high on the front end that people recognize if the, the ministry bar is low, uh, there's going to be kind of uh, interchange, those who come in and, and go out, um, and the expectations of, of what it's going to take uh, are kind of faulty. It sets them up to fail. They don't know what they're getting into. So I think we have to put a a high bar, which is what scripture does on ministry leadership and the character and qualifications of that. Uh, and then we do have to challenge people to understand uh, that there is a, a calling with that. And uh, a calling to another vocation isn't somehow diminished or less than a call to vocational ministry. It's just different. And so giving them the freedom 
to recognize I need to be serving according to my giftedness in the yeah. uh, pattern and, and, and way that God's called me uh, actually opens the door for the, the person who may be called to that opportunity or position and will put, put them in the right place to where the body is not operating like a dysfunctional kind of Mr. Potato Head with the, the, the parts <laughs> all placed in different holes, but uh -huh. actually uh, with all the body parts in the right place functioning in the right way. I'm going to borrow that, if you don't mind, and give you full sure. credit for it, Dr. Scott yeah. Pace. We are not the Mr. Potato Head of Christ. We are the body <laughs> of Christ. But, I mean, it, it's it's a great analogy. I mean, it really yeah. does, because I think in with our corporate mindset, oftentimes, and I, I, I'm not saying that uh, I, God created capitalism, and I think administration is a gift from God, and I, I'm not sure. to be moaning that at all. Yeah. But oftentimes, I think we're just building the wrong model. I mean, mm. and, and that we're taking a worldly example instead of whenever, and maybe it isn't Mr. Potato Head, maybe it's, uh, you know, Iron Man or something like that. Right. We're expecting right. the church to look like that and the pastor to have those superpowers. We've got 60 mm. seconds in our time left together, uh, Dr. Scott Pace. You know, we're here during the Lenten season and knowing that this is not the time when churches are thinking, boy, we need a change in leadership or, you know, right. we, we want to call people out. But afterwards, you know, in the kind of the afterglow of the resurrection mm. celebration as we're moving, you know, on toward uh, uh, you know, the, the the holy seasons that continue, yeah. you know, of course, uh, there's there's kind of a, an afterglow where there's a lot of good conversation. There's this Jesus revolution going on right now and revivals right. happening all over the country. And yeah. it's a, an exciting time. How can we who are in church leadership right now capitalize on what God's doing? I mean, literally, because the harvest is right. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who are eager to fully surrender, give God control, and to say, God, whatever you want with my life, I'm willing to do that. I think part of that for our responsibility then is to say, could a calling to vocational ministry be part of what God's intending for your life? And if so, let's walk through that conversation, wrestle through what that would look like, uh, and help you discern. Uh, I think it's more of a discernment than a discovery. There's some intentional mm. steps that you can take that'll lead you down the path to say, yes, I have some certainty that this is what God's calling me to. And we have the opportunity right now, like you said, because of the heightened awareness to extend that invitation and elevate the conversation. Well, this book is going to help a lot of people in that quest. And whether you are called to ministry or not, whether you're called to leadership or not, uh, to understand the differences between the universal and unique callings, every member of the body of Christ has a calling. And this new book by Scott Pace and Shane Pruitt is going to help you understand if maybe, like you said, discerning rather than discovering mm -hmm. whether or not you have that call. The called out, uh, calling out to the called is the book, Discipling Those to Ministry Leadership. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, Dr. Scott Pace, always a pleasure. Good to see you again, my friend, and thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thanks again for having me. Great conversation, a necessary topic too. Dr. Scott Pace joining me today here on The Bottom Line for a conversation about calling out the called, discipling those called to ministry leadership. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have a copy of the book to give away right now, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, the book you're going to be calling out for <laughs> is by Dr. Scott Pace and Pastor Shane Pruitt. It's called Calling Out the Called, Discipling Those Called to Ministry Leadership. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. We'll take a quick break, and on the other side of this break, I want to talk about what it means to know that you are, in fact, called to ministry leadership, whether it's in the pastorate or just in lay ministry. We'll talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues.
One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com, hit the Preborn banner right now. My thanks again to pastor and author Scott Pace for joining me today here on The Bottom Line. Second time we've had Scott on the program. His new book, co-authored with Pastor Shane Pruitt, is called Calling Out the Called, Discipling Those Called to Ministry Leadership. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're giving away a copy of this book right now. And if you are in pastoral ministry and you see somebody in your congregation who you think should be called, highly recommend you uh, give us a call and get a copy of this book, uh, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Or perhaps you are sensing God is calling you into ministry. Uh, more and more people are going into ministry, either full or part-time, later on in life. Uh, a good uh, a example of that is a a gentleman who lives in the uh, retirement facility that my parents do, uh, Pastor Doug King, if you're listening. I used to work with his daughter-in-law many years ago and met him when I was doing pastoral ministry. Uh, Doug was an engineer, I believe, and he got into his 60s and then went to seminary and became an ordained minister. And he's in his 90s now and still uh, going great guns. And uh, we taught a Bible study together that I really enjoyed um, <laughs> teaching with him you know one of the things that i did enjoy about it though is he used to get so frustrated he'd say you know i want to teach these people stuff but they're i want to teach them new things but they're old they don't remember and that's where i learned a very valuable lesson about ministry was there comes a point where obviously you need to keep open and have an open mind and heart god is continually doing new things in our lives but the older we get i'm thoroughly convinced that one of the greatest resources that we have is our memory. Not that you have a photographic memory and you memorize chapter and verse as to certain passages in scripture, but rather when you reflect upon those memories, it's kind of like lighting the pilot for the stove, if you will, that's going to warm things up and bring other things to light. When you remember, it's amazing to me when you see older folks in a congregation and there's congregational singing and they're doing the new hip and happening songs about how much God loves us which is kind of counter to what a praise and worship song should be. It should be about him and his character. And then someone will break into an old hymn, and everyone remembers it. Everybody knows it. And especially the older of us who can sing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, or Great is Thy Faithfulness, or How Great Thou Art, um, because it's kind of seared into our soul. 
And even though we have a hard time seeing and a hard time hearing and maybe even a hard time singing, there's something about that calling that you remember. I love the fact that God doesn't force us into anything, but he calls us to everything that is good and right and pure. And when it comes to the leadership of ministry, you can't run from it. If you're called to it, submit to that authority. But remember, God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. That's good advice for all of us in ministry, and that's the bottom line.